0: Welcome to a place where we combine equal parts science, technology, design, and entrepreneurship. Then we gradually stir in magic to the mixture, and you have the
1: Perception Podcast. Join us in conversations with design heroes, inspirational thinkers, business leaders, and trailblazers across the globe. Greetings, Uh, no need to adjust your radio dials, everything is as it should be. If you're wondering where the usual hosts of the Perception Podcast are, Jeremy Lasky and Danny Gonzalez are sitting this one out, and instead uh, this is John Lepore. I'll be talking with uh, with someone very exciting today. we're gonna be talking about some really exciting stuff around 3D animation software and just some other things around our industry. Uh, So with that said, I'm John Laporte, Chief Creative Director here at Perception, and I'm thrilled to be joined today by Paul Babb. Paul Babb is the President and CEO of Maxon for the Americas. Maxon are the makers of Cinema 4D, it's a tool that is beloved in the motion graphics and visual effects world and is also just a, a product and a piece of software that I have quite an affinity for and I feel has really helped me a lot in my personal career. So, uh, Paul, thank you very much for uh, for joining us. How are you doing? I'm good. Thanks for having me, John. Uh, it's a pleasure having you here. Uh, like I said, you know, I'm, I'm a huge fan of... Maxon and Cinema 4D but I'm also a a big fan of Paul Babb human being Uh, I'm I'm really fortunate to say that you know we've we've been friends uh, for for quite some time now and uh, and I'm always thrilled to know that there's such wonderful people behind some of the really exciting products that we use uh, every day here doing doing what we do
0: so hey and right back at you pal
1: So, uh, Paul, do you mind just giving everybody a quick rundown for the – I'm sure there's many listeners who are very familiar with Cinema 4D, uh, but there may be some who are not at all. Can you just give a quick rundown on what Cinema 4D is?
0: Absolutely. Cinema 4D is a full-featured 3D animation package. Um, we are well known for being one of the easiest 3D packages to pick up and learn. Very uh, artistic oriented and very Adobe-like. Uh, we're very well known in the broadcast industry uh, because of our, you know, speed of workflow, ease of workflow, and that integration with the the complete Adobe suite.
1: Wonderful. So, uh, how did you find yourself working at Maxon?
0: Oh, that's a good question. Uh, so I had actually worked in marketing for uh, another 3D package, uh, Electric Image. For those of you from the Blast from the Past who remember that, an old uh, uh, 3D animation package on, on the Macintosh platform. Uh, subsequently, they got bought by another company, really not much around anymore. I was uh, working freelance uh, had gone back to the design world your world and, and enjoyably and uh someone introduced me to cinema and i think my first introduction to them was a uh they asked me to help them write a press release uh they contacted me um or somebody made an introduction and they uh, knew of my that my had worked for electric image and knew the industry fairly well and i think the first thing i ever did was write them a press release and then um we helped him do. I helped him do uh, MacWorld in San Francisco, and then I was invited out to a German trade show to do English demos in Cinema 4D because I had taken the time to learn the package and was able to demo it at uh, MacWorld. And uh, while I was there, they mentioned that they didn't really have much representation in the North and South America area, and would I be interested in taking a larger role? And that was basically it. Started out as Uh, myself in an office by myself and then um, grew from there it's
1: amazing to think that uh, that's where it started and uh, look at where you guys are now Uh, you know I I feel like when I first started using Cinema 4D close to 15 years ago uh, everybody was very aware of the fact that it was a German piece of software but I, I truly feel now that's that's almost invisible to the users it's just hey this is This is something that is worldwide. Uh, It's utilized by everybody, and and so much of that has become completely transparent, and I'm sure a big part of that is the enormous presence that Maxon now has in the United States and North America in general. Um, So uh, can you talk a little bit about the difference between uh, Maxon Germany and Maxon for the Americas?
0: Ah. Um, you know, there's a lot of difference. I mean, it's, it's, we're, well, I shouldn't say we're very different companies. We're definitely different companies to a certain point. I mean, Maxon Germany is the parent company. Uh, they definitely define the direction that the product goes in terms of development. Um, Obviously, we do everything we can to provide the feedback that our customers give to us back to them, and um, our own observations of what our customers are doing, and you know how we could approach the market. And they're great about including us in those conversations. I mean, ultimately, those decisions are theirs, but um, they have over the years um, grown to respect our opinion and our customers' feedback. And um, so we do, we do have regular conversations. Um, annually about, you know, where the company's going and where the product's going and those types of things. Um, I would say we're a bit more community oriented, a bit more customer service oriented. Um, I would venture to say that they've adopted a lot of the things that we do, um, cause they've seen the success and the growth of our community. Um, certainly, uh, we started the concept of having artists come and do the presentations rather than in max on employees doing the presentations, because frankly, the, the painting is far more interesting than the paintbrush. Uh, and so they've come to adopt that process in their own trade shows over the last few years. But I'd say, um, ultimately we are probably much more focused on the community because, um, I think that has a lot to do with the fact that I did work as an art director and a copywriter in ad agencies for years, and so I have an affinity and a respect for the artists in our community, and I realize that that's who we service, not corporations, not broadcast companies, but the artists who create the, the work that goes on the air.
1: So I think you could look at it from one perspective and say, you know, Germany makes the the software and Maxon of the Americas We just do the community, Uh, and that might be the case for a lot of pieces of software. However, with Cinema 4D, I feel like the community is an enormous part of this tool, and I can't think of any other tool out there that has such a, uh, a robust community of users around it. Okay, so sorry. Many tools have communities of users that surround the product, But the Cinema 4D community seems uh, borderline obsessed with just sharing any and all knowledge and information that everybody has. And everybody is uh, working together to help uh, increase each other's abilities, uh, help everybody level up and make the most out of this product. And to me, that is like, that is a priceless, uh, unbelievably powerful asset for this this product why why is it that you think the cinema 4d community is so strong
0: i i hope it's because we've encouraged it to a certain point by bringing artists out to share their their techniques and their tricks and and understanding that is it is an art form and yeah sure you might you might have a, a little trick that you know how to accomplish something in cinema 4d but really it does come down to the artist um in the early days of this industry, there was a lot of uh, most people were would not share their con- you know their tricks and ticks uh, trip sorry their tricks and techniques. Uh, and they would covet those and feel that if they were to give them up, that they you know would somehow jeopardize their own uh, value in the industry. Um, I actually, with the with Electric Image, had tried to start a um, a It's the same type of thing in the marketing department where we would put together uh, newsletters on CD, believe it or not, uh, interactive newsletters where we would share some interesting work and techniques. And it was very hard to find artists back then who were willing to share. Um, So when I got this started in the States, that was very key for me was to make sure that um, we were constantly sharing information and education to help people be more successful with the tool and i think it's also a shift in the industry that people have realized that really the tools they they do some amazing things but ultimately it's the artist who defines the look and feel and the movement of something and you could know all the techniques inside and out i'm actually pretty well versed in cinema 4D. I could never do what you do i don't have the creative skills that you have
1: well, I, I have to say, I've always been impressed with your familiarity and comfort with Cinema 4D. And I've watched you, you know, grab the, grab the wheel many a time and just power through this stuff. Uh, and it's, it's something that I would never expect from a CEO of a company like this. Uh, but I, 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 I still remember the, what was it, the power integration tour?
0: God, ah, good memory. Uh, wow. What, yeah. what
1: year was that? That had to be like 2006 or 2007.
0: Um, yeah, that was yeah the Adobe Maxon Power Integration tour. That was a blast.
1: Yeah, that was probably the first time that I ever met you, and you pro- I'm sure you don't remember it because I was probably just like shaking your hand and be like, "That was amazing! Oh my god!" You know, <laughs> but uh, but I remember sitting there and and you showed you pretty much opened the door to a whole lot of the new features in the MoGraph module, which was brand new at that point. If I remember correctly, I think this would be eight eight point five, right? Uh, uh,
0: Nine point six.
1: Nine point six. Okay, and uh, and I was uh, I was just blown away by that stuff. And I remember, like, I took a little time off in the middle of the workday, saw the presentation, went right back to the studio, and cracked it open and started emulating some of the same techniques that uh, that you had shown off, and that was you know that was something that was really exciting for me. I also am almost certain that at the time, I probably didn't realize you were the CEO of the company. I probably just thought, oh, they hired a, you know, an expert to come and, and show everybody. So, <laughs> so props to you for, uh, you know, making the, the car and also being a, a top-notch racing driver. Uh, that's uh, <laughs> Thank very, you. very impressive. Um, so, you know, speaking of, uh, the, the community, around cinema the National Association of Broadcasters conference or the the NAB show in Las Vegas is coming up soon uh, and I've noticed uh, you know particularly even even last year in 2017 the Maxon booth became a place where all of the the motion designers and people in associated fields were all congregating and just hanging out what is it that's pulling everybody to you know just sort of orbit around in this massive trade show i mean this absolutely enormous show where there's you know spectacular huge booths everywhere and all sorts of stuff going on what is causing everybody to just sort of gravitate to and then just hang out all day long at the maxon booth
0: you know it's it's the same reason why you enjoy coming to the show to present so you can hang out with other artists, see what kind of work they're doing, be inspired by work that other artists are doing, uh, be able to pull them aside and go, how did you do that little thing? That's so cool. And, and, and being able to share those little things. Uh, tricks and tips that you've discovered while putting together a project and exploring the different aspects of what you might be doing with it. Uh, I'd say that's probably the number one thing that artists say that they enjoy when they come out. It's um, you know is that camaraderie is 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 sitting there and seeing what other people are doing with the product and I mean come on art inspires. Um, That's that's the key right there is is we're all inspired uh, by the art and, and the things that other people are putting out there.
1: Well, I, uh, I I really appreciate that sort of, you know, outlook on on the community and, and how they use the product. And it also kind of reminds me, if I could share a quick little anecdote of uh, the first time you came to the studio, or it was actually the second time you came to the studio. Uh, and this was probably around 2008 or so. Uh, you came You came to the studio once uh, to, just to see what we were up to, and you came back a second time just a few months after, and you brought some of the German developers with you. And I still to this day am blown away that you brought these guys into our, our – we were in a much smaller office at the time, and you brought these guys into the studio, and you just had them sit around and listen to a room full of you know uh, very young, immature artists – who barely know how to use the software but use it, you know, everybody uses it in their own unique sort of way and and literally just let everyone just complain to these guys, say, oh, I don't like this, you know, this one thing doesn't do what I want to do, uh, you know, when I <laughs> click here or whatnot. And I think in any scenario, I would imagine, you know, somebody immediately being like, well, that's because you're using it wrong. This is the correct way to to do that, that, that feature or use this function or, or whatnot. And the team, with, with you looking on, the team of developers were all you know, furiously writing down every single thing and nodding their heads and listening to basically a room full of snot-nosed kids uh, tell rocket <laughs> scientists how to do their jobs. Uh, and and I, I just thought that was an incredibly gracious and generous thing. For you guys to do and is you know really evocative of how how open-minded you guys are to the community and the and the people that are that are using your tool to to do the work that they do so uh so nab coming up um what are you guys gonna have in store for us at nab this year oh
0: I right we've got a obviously every year we've got a great lineup of artists um some of the, uh, you know, some of the classics are coming back. You know, Nick, Nick always comes out. Nick Campbell from Grayscale Girl always comes out and has something interesting to show. Uh, EJ is always a, <laughs> a volume of great information and and content. Yeah. Uh, we've got. Uh, this year is a little bit interesting. Um, while we have made a concerted effort to go out and find female artists, um, and it has not been easy for us, um, but uh, because the industry is definitely changing, but it's still still very much a male predominated industry, um, we we made a concerted actually put a year into making a concerted effort to get uh a ton of women this year we will have more women demoing this year than we've ever had before i think we have six women who are going to be demoing and um uh not for the the during the show but after the show we will put this up but um we decided that we would have a a little round table so during our press luncheon um, we're going to have a little round table uh, on the subject of women in motion graphics. Uh, we've got the six women and we're going to bring in a moderator and we're going to film the whole thing and record it so that we can, uh, put it up for people afterwards, uh, just to talk about, you know, how we can get more women in there. Because like I said, this is an art form. Uh, why, I mean, it, it definitely is growing, but why we're not seeing more women in the industry is, is a good question. And we've had, you know, we'll have two or three women demoing it at each of these shows, but we'll still get a couple of uh, people online going, hey, you know, you're not representing women. Well, how come you don't have more women? And and uh, we've definitely been making that effort. But we, we kind of took that comment to heart and said, OK, so we we are one of the few companies that's actually making an effort to have women in here. But instead of, you know, defending ourselves as saying, hey, 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 we decide, well, what could we do? To uh, to make this uh, you know a more palatable or make it um, you know get more women to come out. Are there more women in the industry that are just not willing to come out and present? In in which case, or did they not realize that they had that opportunity? And so we you know get it out there that they we are looking for women to present. Um, is it that uh, that there there is not as many men and women in the industry, which is probably true? Um, and why is that? And how could we facilitate women in the industry? So. I think we're going to see, it's opened up an interesting conversation this year on top of bringing out some pretty amazing artists.
1: That's, uh, that's awesome. And I, and unfortunately I can imagine that was not easy to do. I, I know from doing a lot of, you know, the, the resourcing and, and talent scouting here at Perception, um, it's, you know, we, we always need people. We don't care, uh, who they are, or what their background is, or or anything. We are desperate at all times for talent, and we still see a you know a very small number of opportunities. Or there's just very few opportunities to bring in female artists into the studio, which is uh, you know something we're we're also hoping to see change in the coming years.
0: Yeah, well we'll see. You know, we're we're hoping that this conversation with these women and the moderator and starting a conversation will, will help us figure out why. Because I, I really can't tell you, you know, put my finger on it except for the fact that, you know, I think it is true that there are more men in the industry, but you're talking about a creative industry. And I'm, you know, positive that the influence of, of female artists is it would be a welcome type of thing. So it's gonna be interesting to see how uh, what that comes out of that conversation.
1: Absolutely. So, uh, talking about cinema 40, you know, uh, 3d tools from various different manufacturers, they can all be used for many different purposes. They can be used for things like architectural rendering or medical visualization or whatnot. I think they're most typically associated with visual effects. Um, but cinema 4D seems to have been adopted, uh, whether it likes it or not, by the motion graphics community, and and I heard you mention, you know, broadcast. But I'd even go beyond that and just say motion graphics in general extending to motion graphics for film motion graphics for web even motion design appearing in interactive platforms and and whatnot but still falling falling under this umbrella of motion graphics or motion design now i wanted to ask you was this something that was intentional is it for Maxon? is it frustrating to be you know stigmatized this way or or anything like that
0: well i'd say in the early days we were very much pigeonholed into that area we're, we're seeing a lot more people going into visual effects um you know game asset creation uh those types of things simulation vr but you know the the funny thing is is you know we we, we say motion graphics right and um which is basically just, you know, when, when, uh, Max on Germany would ask us, well, what is motion graphics? They, you know, cause it's, it's a, it's definitely a cultural thing because, you know, when we first started this, they didn't have the predominance of cable channels like we did. They had four or five channels, um, and they don't necessarily have affiliates like we do. You know, we have NBC, New York, NBC, Chicago, NBC, San Francisco. That's a concept that's beyond them because they don't, they have, you know, their country is so small, they've got the five channels or four or five channels and then no affiliates. So once you've sold to those five channels, you've pretty much sold to those five channels. Um, but, you know, motion graphics is just putting graphics into motion. Like you said, it can be architectural visualization. It can be an engineering animation. It can be medical animation. There are so many things. And We tend to sell to artists who do many of those things. Um, In the early days, we had a guy who was doing uh, animated titles for Disney. And then he was working around the corner from us doing medical animation for uh, Amgen, a pharmaceutical company. And then later on, he was working for Fox. So it wasn't so much that we were selling to an industry as much as we were selling to artists who were servicing these industries. So it's... um, it's a different approach because you're focusing on the artist more than a, a particular industry, but the tools are very well suited to the, the speed of motion graphics and, and, uh, you know, the, that kind of turnaround, um, you know, visual effects tend to have a very long leg. You know, you talk about these movies where they film the movie for three months, but then they go into post-production for nine to 18 months, depending on how complex the film is. Um, but motion graphics is something that, you know, get cranked out every day. You know, we were amazed to watch the folks at NBC in New York be handed a job in the morning and it's on the air that night, you know. So the, the difference is huge. And cinema is very suited to a fast, um, easy, creative workflow. So I think that's that's why we fell into that. But we have found over the years that some of our artists have muddled over their way over to film studios and you guys in particular doing a lot of fooey gooey and HUD, uh, that it just, the, the tool bleeds into all industries. But, um, I think it's just that our strengths have, you know, is where people found us first.
1: Sure. And it's interesting. You mentioned, you know, the environment of working at a local news station and, you know, having to, <clears throat> having to make a final product in a matter of hours, and mm-hmm. Cinema 4D is fully capable of that. Uh, we just finished using it over the course of three months to create a two-minute title sequence for Black Panther. And, you know, it was something that was executed. You know, it took a long time for us to put together, and it was uh, everything was rendered at an extremely high level of fidelity. So I, I really love that it can work in both ends. And we also use it in ways here where we're... Turning around ideas or concepts in you know these sort of like suicide mission deadline timeframes that we uh, that we find ourselves with, um, so I, I I always
0: appreciate
1: the uh, the versatility there.
0: Um, fantastic work on Black Panther too, by the way. Amazing you. work. Thank you. Uh, it's fantastic.
1: It was a huge huge amount of fun. We were uh, we did the title sequence for about three months, but we also spent uh, all in all close to twenty months. Uh, working, starting as you know, consultants uh, guiding the technology of Wakanda and things of that nature, um, and then extending into some visual effects work throughout the film, um, and a lot of you know, uh, as you mentioned, you know, the the futuristic user interfaces, the the HUDs, uh, a lot of those sort of things, and then the the title sequence was sort of the the cherry on the cake for us, and we're we're honored to have been a part of a movie that's been so well received and is, you know, it's a, it's a really special film in, in general. So we're, we've, we've worked on some totally fucking awful films before, and it's so nice (laughs) when uh, you get to work on something that is as amazing as it is. Um, So, uh, you know, talking about cinema 4d and this connection to motion graphics um, for a few years now, Cinema has been included in the Adobe Creative Cloud and it's, uh, it's now included in two capacities. It's now uh, embedded within After Effects and also within Illustrator. And this is, I'm always amazed by how few people are aware of this. I still remember the day years ago when uh, Oliver gave me a sneak peek of the integration into after effects and i mean it blew my mind i mean it was like a totally revolutionary thing to think that these two uh tools were so closely connected to each other now as i understand it you were quite instrumental in making this connection happen between maxon and adobe can you speak a little bit about uh the process in bringing these tools together
0: uh, yeah, actually it's uh, we um the the first step was uh I believe one of the core programmers when the original programmers Philip had written a the export around 95, you know, we were playing with that and uh we went up to Adobe and showed it off to them and um he had kind of hacked his way in to write this export cuz there was a tremendous amount of interest in our products working closer together by our customers. Um and uh uh, he showed it to them, and they gave him some tips on you know what you know how to optimize it and how it should be done, and they thought it was very cool. Um, and in the beginning, it was more like I always joke. I use the analogy that um, Adobe was having this party for years, and we were hiding in the kitchen. And, uh, people would walk in the kitchen and we'd spike their drinks with a little bit of cinema here, try this. It's really good. It goes really well with that drink. You know, we were going around doing these integration tours and showing people the cool stuff you could do with 3d and how to bring it into after effects and, and make all that happen.
1: Your, your analogy Uh, is very elegant. I normally say (laughs) you, you give the first hit of the crack pipe.
0: Exactly. So that's kind of how we started it. And then, um, uh, I think it was, um, one of the product managers years ago, I think it was Steve Kalisky actually who came to me and said, Hey, this is kind of cool. Maybe we should uh, be doing something a little closer. And, um, uh, long story short, I actually, the, the, the conversation went on a long time. Um, I had brought it uh, a couple of times at the conversation to Max on Germany, a couple of times. And the, you know, it was, uh, it didn't get jumped on initially. I, I give, Oliver full credit in the end because, um, I like, I work in the States. So, um, you know, I see these guys three, four times a year. So I was only able to get that conversation going just so far, but Oliver is, um, uh, you know, one of the product managers deeply ingrained, and and you know we talked about it, and he was able to get it pushed through a little bit further in terms of all the, the legal paperwork and everything that had to go into uh, getting it integrated into cinema. But I, I do believe at the end that um, when Steve Ford was the product manager there, uh, for you know he's obviously moved high up the chain there. But when, when he was in there, it was it was uh, something that he had a great passion for, and. He and i had talked about for years and so we finally got the the powers that be to see the light and uh, on both sides both the adobe side and the maxon side and got them to uh to make that deal and so yeah we've got that nice little light version floating in there so people can you know, actually do quite a bit. You know, I mean there's there's quite a bit you can do with uh, the uh cinema 4 D light version in After Effects. Uh so um, you know, basics of three D, some three D text, three D logos, some some basic objects and animation, you can you can do quite a bit in there.
1: I mean I I feel like that's you know I feel like you can get away with a lot with the basic version. I mean just having access to a three D tool really opens up the possibilities uh for an artist, and I remember you know bending over backwards to use things like Zach, Zach's Works Invigorator or whatnot just so I could get some extruded 3D type. But to be able to have a 3D camera and true 3D space and whatnot, uh, really something amazing. And I and I hope everyone who's got the you know the Creative Cloud package from Adobe, which is basically it's it's ubiquitous in the creative fields um you know i hope everybody's taking taking advantage of this amazing little secret nugget that's uh that's hidden <laughs> in there um so uh i'm always excited to see how cinema 4D evolves and changes and updates uh it would appear as though like a well-oiled machine once a year we get a very robust update to uh to cinema 4D, i know uh there's a lot of work and energy that goes into these things and i know that there's always a lot happening behind the scenes for the next version or maybe even the next two or three versions uh or whatnot and i'm a i'm assuming that you're not necessarily able to break down the doors in terms of what to expect in the next version but i wanted to get a sense from you in a in a bigger scale how do you see 3d software whether maxon's product or or anyone else's changing and evolving over the next 10 years i see a lot of things happening in technology there's a lot of really interesting emerging technologies on the horizon that i think are going to become really big and really important and i think enormous fields that maybe aren't focused in in 3d like say things like interface design are going to require 3d tools when we're getting into you know augmented reality and things of that nature how do you see 3d packages in general changing and evolving in the next 10 years
0: well i think you're going to see democratization um certainly i think Us and every other competitor out there are interested in making our tools more accessible to a wider audience. You know, 3D is not, uh, you know, not easy. It's a complicated, uh, uh, you know, medium. Um, But it's a heck of a lot easier than it was 20 years ago. Um, And I think that uh, all of us, you know, uh, even Adobe is doing everything they can to streamline the process for those who... You know, don't want to dig into the the technical details of, of things. So there's there's a lot of streamlining workflows, um, making the more complex techniques accessible in other ways. You know, for instance, uh, the you know the ability to you know manipulate an After Effects project file within Premiere now, so you don't even have to go into After Effects because I know for for Adobe After Effects is you know uh, a much more complex tool than Say a, a Photoshop or a Premiere, so the ability to access those kinds of you know more advanced techniques, but without having to dig too deep into an application is is huge. And I, uh, education, streamlining workflows, um, you know, we're and we're constantly trying to do little plugins here at Cineversity of, uh, that will provide people additional you know workflow shortcuts and those types of things. Um, I think. Uh, augmented reality is going to be huge um, in the next five years. I think uh, that's going to be, you know, VR is a nice little blip. People seem to be very much into VR, but I think in terms of everyday uh, involved in a piece of technology, I think AR is going to become synonymous with, you know, having a phone. (laughs) You know, it's that, uh, the ability to Uh, augment the world around you to add graphics and information and uh, that type of thing is going to be absolutely huge Uh,
1: so i think i couldn't agree more and that's something that you know we spend a lot of time talking about here it's it's going to be the thing that people will not be able to live without or the the sense of anxiety that you have if you accidentally leave your phone at home for the day (laughs) Yeah, Like it'll be that, but 10 times worse when you don't have a little green line projected on the floor in front of you, giving you directions, you know, to the, to the elevator or, or whatnot.
0: (laughs) Exactly. Or just advertising in grocery stores, or, I mean, information about, you know, products you, you know, can now look at, you don't need a manual, just look through your phone or, you know, in the future, I would assume glasses and look at the. Uh, be able to look at the object and be able to know how to use it through augmented reality. I I always joke with people. You know, people ask me about augmented reality. Why I think it will be so such a part of our lives. I go, well, who of us hasn't reached for our phone when somebody said, uh, "Geez, what was the first thing George Clooney did as an actor?" And everybody jumps to their phone and googles George Clooney and to see what he did. Um, augmented reality would be the same kind of thing. it's 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 in your face. You know, being able to. Uh, look at a lamp in a in a restaurant or a hotel and go, God, that's gorgeous. I wonder where they got that. Well, you know, point your phone, all the information about that lamp comes up and oh, by the way, click here, you can buy it at Amazon. I, I completely foresee that becoming a huge part of our lives. But for us in the industry, you guys in particular, you know, content creators, that's an unlimited amount of content that is going to need to be created. So I think there's, you know, for anybody in the you know, creative industries, this is a, you know, a market that is going to create a tremendous amount of demand.
1: Yeah. It's, you know, we're going to go from, you know, Hey, there's lots of screens that need content to just being, there's lots of oxygen that needs content. (laughs) Um, so, uh, You know, to to wrap up, uh, I know you are a man of many passions uh, and that you've got various different hobbies and and things that fascinate you. Uh, Are there any of those things that you see a direct connection to your your work, uh, you know, in creating a an incredible tool for generating 3D visuals? Is there anything that you see, you know, tied to that in your personal life?
0: I do actually. I'm a, a big lover of live theater. Uh, I love going to the theater, um, any kind of theater, good, bad, ugly, plays, musicals. Um, I just think that live performance is it can never be recreated. You know, it's there's always some nuance or some minor change in there, um, and we've seen a lot of projection. Sets. We've seen a lot of multimedia projection sets coming into the industry. We've got lots of customers who've been creating things for Broadway tours, you know, rock concerts, um, even interactive types of of uh, content on stage. Um, and I certainly see the potential for augmented reality being a part of a live presentation. How that will, you know, manifest itself, uh, I'm not sure yet. But I'm sure it's going to be exciting, and I and I hope that it's one of those things where it gets people off their phones, out of their, off their computers, out of their homes, and going to see some live theater. Because I think there's, um, you know, I think that might be the place where we can see, you know, people connecting better. Certainly, musicals like Hamilton, uh, you know, there's. Uh, have done a lot to bring the next generation into live theater and show them the, you know, the wonders of live theater. And I think technology will be able to do that as well. I think there's going to be a lot of potential for incorporating augmented reality and into live performance. And so you'll, uh, hopefully that will keep that human connection going.
1: Awesome. Well, Paul, I really appreciate your time. Uh, can you please let everybody know where can they find information about uh, Maxon and Cinema 4D, and and where to find you online?
0: Absolutely. Uh, Maxon and Cinema 4D is just Maxon.net, M-A-X-O-N.net, um, and we're pretty easily found. I'm every always at NAB, always at Sigrap, and always available here. It sometimes surprises people when, uh, the other day I was walking through tech support and the phone was ringing and nobody was answering. I guess there was somebody out at their desk. So I just grabbed the phone and <laughs> the guy was shocked that I was, he's like, wait a minute, is this Paul Babb? You know, uh, shocked to find that I picked up the phone and was working through his problem with him. So, uh, we're, we're very hands on here, Rick and I and, uh, everybody else.
1: Well, again, thank you so much. Amazing amazing team that you've built up, an amazing community. Uh, thank and you, John. An incredible product. And, and I appreciate you taking some time today to uh, to talk to us. So if uh, if anyone's interested in learning more about Perception, you can visit us on the web at experienceperception.com. Uh, you can find us on all of your social media platforms. Uh, you can check out our our perception channel on YouTube. And, uh, please leave us a nice review on iTunes for the perception podcast. And otherwise, uh, this is, this is John Lepore for, uh, for perception signing off. Thanks for joining us. And that wraps up another episode of the perception podcast. As always send any questions and comments to ask at experience Make sure you follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and our YouTube channel. Sign up for our weekly newsletter
0: on our site, experienceperception.com slash contact. Lastly, if you enjoyed this podcast, please go to iTunes and write a nice review. See you on the next episode.